Hi, this is Patricia. And this is Christina. And this is What They're Worth. A podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Hello, everybody. What's up? How y'all doing? We are back in the closet. (laughs) We we tried a different room, but it just didn't work. So here we are. We were just talking about how excited we were that so many of you listened and reached out to us. And we just think it's so cool that we're just here doing this. Yeah, I'm like, is this really me on a podcast? (laughs) Um, It feels weird. And we're total noobs at this. So we really appreciate you guys listening and honestly feel like God's opening a door for us to be Mm -hmm. able to talk about our lives, but more importantly, foster care and adoption, which we are passionate about and believe can change the world. Yes. So today we have a little bit of a different episode from last time, but hopefully it's still really valuable to everybody out there. We're going to go through reasons why people do not enter the mess of (laughs) foster care and adoption. And through those different points, we hope to answer a lot of questions that many of you gave, which we really appreciate. So let's jump right in. All right. Top five reasons off the top of our head that we think are the reasons people don't do it. Number one, hear this all the time. And it's a series of things, but it comes down to practicalities. It's too expensive. It's too complicated. I don't have enough space, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. Y'all, my house is 1,200 square feet. So, I mean, my closet is, like, I can't even believe my closet is big enough Actually, for us to fit Actually, your closet is huge. I know. I Maybe if I made it smaller, I'd have more room. But anyway, <laughs> my house is small, and it seemed really big when my husband and I moved in on by ourselves, and then, you know, we got our daughter and then our son and it filled up very quickly but guess what the size of my house does not determine my children's happiness Mm. at all preach so the space thing is definitely not an issue love grows best in small (laughs) homes like these oh goodness that's what the wall art says in hobby lobby oh hobby lobby (laughs) that's a whole nother story but yeah so as far as space i think you know, let's eliminate that that misconception because well, if that's the reason you're not doing it, there's something. I think chances there's, are there are other reasons yes, you're not doing there's it. There's a larger <laughs> reason if you're saying you're I leaning on that because if your heart is truly in it, you're not gonna allow how much square feet are in your house to to stop you from. Now we from should doing that. we should caveat that because you do have to have a bedroom. Yes, you, know, you, you can't, have to have like, a bed. Put a foster kid like. <laughs> you know in your closet because it's a big good size closet yes that's true so you're gonna have a home study and this is some of the questions people were just asking yeah what are the practical things a home study i mean and patricia and i have good i think differences in our home study because my house is not newer but it's newer than patricia's Mm -hmm. and there are there are certain things that especially with the older homes that you have to really consider so i know one big thing for both of us we were worried about was like window size but more particularly you because there are specific window sizes and how high it can be off the ground yes and then lead isn't that lead mm-hmm. yeah lead in the older homes and and none of that could should really stop you some of it will be more expensive um up front but that all can be worked out 
Um, but yeah, home study is definitely something um, to know about because they do come into your home and it can seem invasive at times. Um, and they look around your home. You have to get certain smoke alarms and all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so that that's a good point to bring up. Thank you. And and the requirements for that are going to vary by state. And we're specifically talking foster care. Um, from our perspective, I know depending on who you do your adoption through, different agencies may have different requirements. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how strict they are about window size and stuff. Yeah. Um, hopefully when we get some other people on the show, maybe they can shed light onto that. But we've both gone through DSS, Local yes. Child Protective Services. I know it's not called DSS in every state. No, either. it's not. Um, CYS. Department of Social yeah. Services here. Yes. DSS, if we refer to that. Um, so the requirements can can change with that. But if you look on your county's website and you go to requirements for foster parents, when I first looked, I laughed my head off because they act like as long as you have a roof yep. and as long as you breathe, mm-hmm. you can be a foster parent. <laughs> That's literally what the website says. And part of me was like, I get that. And the other part of me is like, I feel like the bar should be a little higher. Like, it should be like, be a decent human. Once you go through the process, (laughs) you realize, wow, to be a foster parent is more intense than being a biological parent. (laughs) Well, yeah. It is. That's true. But on the website, they kind of lie to you. Because they act like, just breathe. It just exists. Right. And like, have a home where like, you don't have nails sticking out of the walls. And you can be a foster parent. Yes. But... (laughs) That's a good point to bring up. But like I said, space-wise, as long as they have a room, they have a bed, they can share rooms, at least here, they can share rooms with other children, Mm -hmm. um, but they have to have their own bed. Um, So space-wise, I don't care. They don't care if it's bunk beds. I mean, you could pile them up, but they need to have their own bed. But space-wise, I would combat that with always, I live in a 1,200-square-foot house. So that should not be an issue. And kind of talking about home studies, Christina briefly mentioned um, smoke detectors. People are always asking me how expensive my our process has been. Mm-hmm. Haven't legalized our adoption yet, but that anyways. was the most expensive. The most expensive was our smoke <laughs> smoke detectors, and people always laugh at that. But we had to get ones that connect by Wi-Fi, and so when one goes off, they all go off. When I mm-hmm. tell you, I have not had a bigger headache. I have had to return all of them in the year that I've had them. Luckily, they did not charge me, but I will be honest about that. That was a pain in the yeah, rear end. Yeah, that was a pain in the rear end. But it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Now, Patricia's house is older, and so that's why she had to get the Wi-Fi ones. Our house, um, they already had the like wiring done for that. Oh, we yours just are needed, wire connected? Yeah, yeah mine so is. we just needed newer smoke detector so it wasn't but i mean either way they're pretty expensive i don't even want to know what the wi-fi ones costed they were like a hundred a pop yeah so that that truly was the most expensive thing i mean children are expensive on their own but like as far as things we had to do to prepare for them yeah that was the most expensive thing we got a lot of our furniture and a lot of that stuff like people gave it to us and you'll find that like and you can find so much good stuff on facebook marketplace and (laughs) craigslist we have to do a whole episode on thrifting i'm so serious i am a thrifter by trade (laughs) Um, i'm not as a thrifter like patricia but i do hit up 
Facebook marketplace for most yes. of my needs. And with the finances part, I will say that that definitely was the most expensive. And I, know, I don't think Patricia did this, but um, my husband and I did a GoFundMe page before we got our daughter, before we even knew, like, what age or who we would have or when we would have them. Should have. That'd be nice right now. Yeah. We, <laughs> we did that um, kind of like in place of a shower, I guess, a baby shower. Um, and that just helped us once she got here. Literally, when we had to go out and buy everything that she needed, oh my gosh, right. that helped yeah. so much. I think people, we ended up getting like around $1,000, and we were able to get everything she needed and then some for a couple months. And um, and, and like you said, like people are so willing like if yeah. to donate. I don't think we've had to buy clothes. We've had to buy like any clothes for her, really. Like people just keep, yeah. they keep giving. I mean, I got literally my youngest son, his entire room. Was donated to me. His bed, his yeah. mattress, his dresser, yeah. everything that's in his room. Now, with that being said, if you feel like you're someone who doesn't have that sort of community. Yes, that would make it more difficult. That would make it more difficult, but that shouldn't stop you. And if you don't have that community, we're going to pray for you that you find that community somewhere where you, where you are. Because foster parent or not, biological parent or not, everybody needs mm. that. Facebook has a lot of online groups for parents, for foster parents, like in our area. There are yes. several that I'm a part of, and people post their needs yep. on there, and literally within minutes, they'll have multiple comments, or people will even post like, hey, I have a crib. Does anybody need a crib? Yep. And that's really cool. There's definitely a camaraderie among foster and adoptive parents, mm-hmm. uh, if you can link up to them and find them. Yeah. Is that our first one, Patricia? That's our first one, but the only other thing I want to say about this, expensive especially, is that it depends which route you go that will impact um, how expensive the process may be. Going through DSS, or even I've heard some agencies, it may not be that expensive. So it's something to not assume that it's expensive and then not do it. It's something to look into and mm. just ask. Because a lot of people are just assuming it would break the bank. When, mm. like I said, it really cost me pretty much nothing to do the process. My children cost me. Mm. Um, but also, on the other hand of that, we get a monthly Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't mention that. Um, and, I, and I thought, once you adopt, you don't get that anymore. But you do. In our state, anyway. Mm-hmm. You continue to get that through 18 and even 21 if yeah. they're going to college. Now, or, the now the amount may differ yes, from when you're fostering them mm-hmm. um, to when you're adopting them. Just It depends on a variety of factors. So, it could change, but most likely it'll stay almost the same. I guess in most, uh, most cases, it's average. But like I like Patricia mentioned, you just need to hop on the website and see. And now, as far as adoption, um, mm. those of you who have been following us or know us, um, we are hopefully <laughs> going to be in that stage soon. <laughs> but um, it pretty much balances out without making it too complicated here on, right mm. now. But it pretty much balances out to where we won't have to pay. You can get it back in taxes yes. if you don't get it covered on the front end. Right for the process. So. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the legal fees, and because it is a legal undertaking. Yeah, for sure. So that's all we'll say on that part right now, which is really to say, ask questions, don't make assumptions, yeah. get the information before you write it off. And probably if you're leaning on those things, there's probably other reasons, which maybe we'll touch on. All right, number that you two. you don't want to do them. 
Number two, numero dos. This is a big one. How do you do it? I don't want to get attached oh, all man. the time. That's such a big one. Huge oh. one. I'm an adult. I can I can make a choice yeah. to walk into something hard. These are children. They didn't get a choice. Right. They had somebody show up at their house and take mm-hmm. them and remove them from yeah. the only people that they have ever known. So I think as a semi-stable adult who <laughs> believes in the worth of people yeah. and who believes and desires that my life would have a meaning outside of myself, yeah. that I can make that choice. Yeah. And it's a worthy choice to make. Yeah. Um, and, and saying I would get too attached it's so selfish. It is selfish. I mean, honestly. I'm sorry, I people. Hate, yeah. I, I, there's no other way to say <laughs> it. Like, if you're saying I'd get to attach, that is the total opposite of what this whole thing is about. Yeah. You cannot be selfish to be any sort of parent. Go ahead. I mean, if you're parenting out of selfishness, no matter how you got your children, yes. You're and doing if it you're wrong. doing it, like, <laughs> that means we're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And. It's just a very selfish, yeah. it's a very selfish attitude. I understand it. I get it. Because when you think about having a child in your home and then having to potentially not have them in your home anymore, like Patricia and I can't speak on that yet because we haven't actually experienced it. We've been fearful of it. And mm-hmm. so we, we've had the fear of it. At least I have a couple times in the beginning. Um, but we haven't gone through that lost or had a child leave our home yes we haven't had a child leave our home um so we will be candid with that however that attitude is very selfish and i mean we wouldn't have gone into it if we i mean we knew that was a chance yes it just so happened (laughs) that our first experience with it became and i think it's it's important to use this type of stuff to decide what route you want to go a lot of times people ask, like, should I be a foster parent? Yeah, should I true. adopt? If you literally cannot swallow that your child, the child in your home may leave, mm-hmm. don't foster. Yeah. Because the goal of foster care is to reunite children mm-hmm. to their families. That only happens about 50% of the time, but that's the goal. Right. So if you can't get behind that goal, please don't be a foster parent because mm-hmm. you're just honestly – creating more problems and more stress on these kids and Mm. bottom line is studies show us children do better if they can be reunited in a healthy Mm. way to their biological families Um, that's the truth we would wish that for our kids we Mm. we wish it could have worked out with their biological family nothing in us is like yes that didn't work out their odds are stacked against our kids Mm -hmm. it's things are harder for them that are not hard for other kids so you need, you need to be aware of yourself. You need to know yourself. If you, you know, and maybe some of you are there, you're just like, I just really couldn't handle that. I would ask you to pray about that, where that's coming from, and maybe look in the mirror a little bit. But guess what? There's also, I think it's like 200,000 kids right now in America who are ready to be adopted right. out of the foster care system. So maybe that's the Until that you... number is zero, go for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Go for that. What's number three, Patricia? Number three, this is the one I probably have heard from people, maybe more than you have, because I purposely was pursuing uh, my boys, who are now 10 and 14, 
And so when people were asking us, oh, who are you adopting and what age? And I said their mm. ages automatically. Won't they have baggage? Oh, man. And I heard this so many times. Why not a baby? Mm. Uh, are you having trouble getting pregnant? Even people would say that stuff to me. So number three is too much baggage as a reason not to. And I think out of all the reasons, this might be the most valid because it's actually true Yeah. <laughs> in the sense that these kids do have baggage, but it's baggage that is not their fault and it's baggage that should not be held against them. That's, that's what I would say. It is there. And again, it takes brave and slightly crazy people to do this, to do this. Um, and again, I, I always try to think about it. You know what? If I was 13 and, and I didn't have a family and I had a whole bunch of baggage, I would sure hope that somebody stable would go out on a limb for me. I think that now, like if people didn't accept me with my baggage, like, I don't know. Oh, I wouldn't have any friends if people didn't accept my baggage. Yeah. And thank you for accepting my baggage. Thank you too. Yeah. We're we're each other's soul tenders. But yeah, that's, that's a big one. And I know your boys have a lot of it and they do. You still, they're still, you all still are struggling and working through that. Yes. Um, But the key is working through that. Mm-hmm. And and it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, for a year, almost in a couple of days, a week or so, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be a year for you. And in a year, you guys would have, you, you're still going through it. Oh, yeah. The baggage shows itself almost daily in my house. But it goes back to why we, why we resonated with this name for mm-hmm. our podcast that one of yes. my friends suggested. And that's because they're worth it. The end of the day. They are worth it. And you know what? What would happen if they didn't have a safe place mm-hmm. to unpack their baggage? Want to know what would happen? Again, I can tell you. They're going to go to jail. Yep. They're going to be homeless. They're going to have children who end up in the system. That's the cycle. If somebody doesn't help these kids unpack their baggage. You're not a superhero. You're just a safe place. Mm-hmm. And you're creating the environment that they can safely even acknowledge that there's baggage and maybe crack the lid on that sucker and start to deal with what's going on inside. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, please do not become a foster and adoptive parent. And this goes for any age, even infant adoption. And that's a lie that people believe. Oh, if I adopt an infant, they won't have baggage. First of all, it's just flat out not true. Adoptees who were adopted at infancy have very specific adoption-centered baggage. Mm. You will not escape it because God did not design us to not be with our families. He just didn't. He he tells us to care for the orphan, but there's going to be baggage. So please don't go into it blind to that. Or if you... Please don't go into it if you are don't want to acknowledge that baggage at all. Yeah. (laughs) If you just don't want to acknowledge, like... Oh, they're they're here. This is a new, fresh place. Everything's gonna be <laughs> hunky dory. You can't. Mm-mm. You can't. You can't be that way. You have to acknowledge it. You have to recognize it and work through it. Another thing is, their baggage is gonna highlight your baggage. Right. And 
reality is, and we touched on this earlier, a lot of us want to do this because of our own baggage. Um, because we don't feel good enough, because um, we want children and it's not happening the way we want it to. Whatever. We want to feel important. But yeah, when, when you... That. Yeah. When, when a kid is struggling and you're face-to-face with truly not knowing what to do, it's going to bring up your stuff. It will bring up your stuff. It will. And you have to have the wisdom to be able to deal with your stuff. And that, you know, I mean, we live in a world where people don't want to deal with their junk. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it's shocking to people that you're going to sign up to deal with somebody else's. (laughs) Um, Most of us in our society binge on everything whether it's food netflix Netflix, (laughs) we both knew you know what i mean social media whatever it is we hide that's what people do when you adopt or foster there will be no hiding of it it will come out and it will challenge you to to live in the same way so if you're not ready to be stretched and challenged don't do it but that i think is a really big reason why people don't do it and i would hope and pray that people listening would be emboldened. You can do it, and you don't have to be perfect. Biggest thing is you need to be safe, and you yeah. need to be consistent, and you need to not give up. I mean, yeah, those. And those are hard things. They but, really are. But they're simple at the same time. I'm just thinking back to our first year, yeah, my family's real, first year. Real, that and was really even rough. younger. A young, yeah. younger child. Yeah, she was... Plenty four, of baggage. Four. And it was there was plenty of it every single day. <laughs> and that was honestly like hell. <laughs> the first or second day that she was with y'all, we were helping because they had to work. And she pretended to be asleep. <laughs> and well, her body was completely yep, dead was, weight and yeah. limp. And we were trying to take her to a children's museum. Mm-hmm. And we had to physically lift her. Out of the car seat, and then she walked around in a haze. Yes, for like thirty minutes. That's just one. Yeah, I mean, you know, she didn't feel safe. She didn't right. know us, and so she was checking out. Yeah, she was doing that by literally pretending to be asleep, even though it was very obvious that she was not. Yes, I mean those, and I know I can speak for you on this. <laughs> yeah, hardest time of our lives. Absolutely. Hardest. <laughs> Every Absolutely. minute I was home was hard mm-hmm. every minute I didn't have an answer to something was hard every minute I like tried something and it didn't work mm-hmm. was so discouraging but like you said you have to have the wisdom to keep pushing to seek resources yeah. to be resilient yeah. and to realize like this isn't me yeah it's not my this battle. is not yeah. my battle mm-hmm. i can't fix this yeah like i need to be willing to be humble and to reach out mm-hmm. and to learn i mean yeah i had no knowledge then and i just had to keep seeking and seeking and talking and talking and trying mm-hmm. i don't know how many different things i tried until finally after like a year things started coming together but it wasn't because what I was <laughs> it wasn't anything really related to me sure we were consistent we were loving we you know we had unconditional love for her but it wasn't what I was doing mm-hmm. and and I think oh, that was so hard 
That was so hard, guys. Like, we did not have, like, this wasn't a story where the kids came into our home and everything was just great. And <laughs> we all clicked very well and the connection was instant. And it, it wasn't like that. We, we both have been there. Oh. Still there, many still there, <laughs> many days. I personally, yeah, am still there, which real, I'm younger still in, really there. in my journey, but you're still uh, really there. Yeah, I'm still. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you speak of it as if it is the past. Yes, I am. For still me, it's mostly the past there. now. Um, you're going on year two. Yeah, so hopefully next year I'll be saying that too. Oh, we shall pray. Number four is I can never love someone else's kid. Yeah. I don't hear this one too often. I think people think it more than they say Maybe, it, though. Yeah, I do think that people think that. And I, I'm probably more maternal than most people, so I may not be the best gauge of this one. <laughs> but I... it's a, I, What I would say, and maybe you can speak to this because you have a biological child. I'm assuming it's just different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I very quickly took ownership and like became mama bear like even when the boys early on came into my home and told me some of the things that had happened to them like mm-hmm. my instinct was like where are these people can i find them and hurt them and like if you know me i'm not a violent person she's not at all like i've never punched per- someone ever um but like i like highly thought about how i could hurt these people yeah so and again i could never i can't love someone else's kid i mean what do you define as the reason that a child is worthy of love? Right. And to me, it's because God made them. Yep. And they're people. And nobody's going to do well. Okay, let me not say that. It's very hard to do well if you lack support. Because there are those people who are super resilient and right. don't know how they did it. There are the exceptions. They are the exception to the rule. But, but yeah. most people need that. And so if you can be that for somebody... Who cares whether you birth them yeah. or not? Yeah. I think um, I think about this a lot in now that I'm a year of having a biological um, child and, and my hopefully soon to be adopted one. But I, I envision it. I compare a lot like the birth of my son to when my daughter came home and what that was like. And I try to think about... Like, I just remember when she came in the door, and it's like a movie. Like, <laughs> not that it was, like, glamorous, like a movie, but, like, I remember her coming in. Her cries. Yeah. I remember her coming in, and she really, really was crying, but I remember her coming in, and we were sitting at the table with the social worker, and she was explaining all this stuff, and I wasn't even listening. Like, it was in the background, and I was just staring at her and staring at my daughter and just thinking, like, oh, my She's here. And I'm like, I had those same nerves as, of excitement as I did the moments before I met my biological son. And I will admit, it is different. It is different yeah. love. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Um, I have heard people, though, adoptive moms say that it's they feel no different. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no difference. And, I, and so I think it's just experience and personality. But, I mean, I love them both so, in, like, so much. But... There is a difference, but it doesn't. It doesn't make one better than no, the other, exactly. or even stronger than the other. Exactly. That's what I was, that's what I was trying yes, to say. Yes, exactly. And and I just the moment my daughter came in my into my home, like I just remember texting my friends, like I love her, I love her so much, and I just couldn't stop staring at her, just like I couldn't stop staring at my son when he was born. Like I can't mm-hmm. believe this is real, and I was just 
taking all these pictures of her, just like I do with my son. So, like, in many ways, it's the same. But for me, I, there is a difference. It's just not a difference in love. It's just the experience right. of yeah, that love. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And finally, which we've kind of touched on this, but it's just people saying, oh, I could never do that. You I can. could just never do that. Yeah, you can. You may have some real barriers. You may have some mm-hmm. real fears. And I think what we want to encourage people, don't be like, oh, that's stupid. I shouldn't feel that way. Or, oh, I'm right. selfish. We're all selfish. Yeah. We are all scared. I, shoot, I'm still scared. Yeah. Many days. But I know Patricia and I have both mourned our kind of loss of... <laughs> and many of our friends, even, even with biological children... Especially if this is your first time parenting, mm-hmm. mourn the loss of your freedom yeah. and, you know, just responsibility, uh, you know, lack of responsibility and, and all of that. I mean, those are all, what you're feeling is legitimate. Like, yes. you're entitled to those feelings. And those no are shame, your feelings. no judgment. Yeah, no shame, no judgment. Because I bet if you could just see into our hearts in any given moment of the day, it's, ugly. it's you can't. And, and if you can't right now, that's okay. Yeah. Just... How can you get there? What are some realistic steps for you to get there or to support those who are in foster care or to support those who are fostering or who are Mm -hmm. adopting? Mm -hmm. How can you do that? Because I don't know that every single person will, can. Mm -hmm. um, Or should. Or should, right. And that's not what we're preaching. But in some way, how are you helping and you know what? This cause. I, I would venture to even not even if you don't help this cause, and this is the therapist in me. The things that we're talking about, like they don't just apply to foster care no, and adoption. Yeah. They apply to parenting and they apply to honestly just being a healthy person. Yeah. And so if you've got junk, if you've got baggage, if you've got fears that are stopping you from doing things that you admire right. in others. Mm-hmm. Look at that stuff. Like, don't do what our society tells you to do and just push it to the side and pretend it's not there. Like, do the hard work and deal with your junk because you're going to be better for everybody around you, whether it's foster kids or an adoptive child or your biological kids or your spouse or your friends or, hey, yourself. You're going to be better when you do that. And, And that's a lesson everybody that everybody can take and that we should never stop doing we should continue to do that as people who want to grow yes oh were those our five patricia those were our five and you kind of already touched on we want to challenge people yeah every week to do something to take a small step we want to link you to one of our favorite resources and books that we both read yes prior to starting our experience um again these people I'm not being sponsored. I'm not that cool <laughs> to be sponsored by them. This is but just hey, if you truly... want to sponsor us, we're here in the closet yes, doing honey. our thing. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, I want to link you to a book called To the End of June, and it's by Chris Beam. And we will put the link to this book in the bio of the podcast. Um, this book is a look into the American foster care system. They give a lot of statistics, and they also give... I think pretty honest testimony. Yeah. Um, I've read a lot of memoirs, which is like one person's experience, yeah. but they share 
a lot of the different perspectives. I think they have like some birth parents in there. Yeah. They have the kids. They have the foster yeah. parents. It's pretty transparent. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty real. Mm-hmm. And I left feeling very educated and very inspired. So to the end of June, check it out. If there's nothing else you do, educate yourself because ignorance is hurting this cause. Give a shout out to Patricia's sister, <laughs> Alexa. She made our new um, logo. So you can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Alexa Paris, P A R A S Art. Alexa Paris Art on Instagram and Facebook. She makes necklaces and paintings. Yeah, and she can do logos. Awesome. So check her out. Yes. And also, if you really liked our podcast, either um, episode one or this one, Please, we would love you forever. Well, we still will, but we would love you even more forever if you would leave us a kind word or some stars, a review on um, on our page. We would love that. Um, that just helps spread the word. We're we're just really trying to reach as many people as possible to um, get this message out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really like what you said, Patricia, in your Facebook post the other day about like it's not about us. That's not what we're so excited about. (laughs) I mean, I love spending time with you. I love getting together in this closet and just speaking what we're passionate about. But you just commented that it's not about us. It's about the kids and it's about bringing awareness to this. And like you said, informing people um, Mm -hmm. so they're not ignorant. Please reach out to us with more questions, more topics that you'd like to um, hear in our upcoming episodes. We are um, still in the works of what our next couple will be and mm-hmm. um, who we want to bring on the show and just mm-hmm. interview and, and give some different perspectives. But find us on Instagram if you're not on there either. Um, it's at what they're worth. Um, so you can message us on there or comment on one of our pictures, a question that you have, and we will do our best to answer it in the upcoming episodes. Again, thanks for letting us chat with you guys today. Thanks, people. Yes, we know it was more informative, but we really hope that we answered some of your questions. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time.